This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. In this episode, Dr. Paola Lake discusses the topic of laying the foundation to find a healthy partnership in life. She is trained in both emotionally focused couples therapy and Gottman couples therapy and has come to understand what qualities are important to sustain a healthy, vibrant relationship, but also what qualities are important to choose a partner who will be compatible in life enhancing. All too often, people fall into patterns when seeking relationships, which results in unfortunate repeated disappointment and heartache. As one psychologist, Dr. Larry Waterman has said, we spend more time considering what type of car we want than what type of partnership we want. Our quest for partnership may be driven by a need for companionship, fear of loneliness, or sexual attraction. However, without laying the groundwork to choose a right partner, we may be caught in repeated struggles and eventually become disillusioned about the prospect of finding a compatible partner. Dr. Lake provides some strategies and reflections as you open yourself up to considering a relationship. Valeria Tellez interviews Dr. Paola Lake, a rehabilitation psychologist, podcaster, and speaker. Dr. Paola Lake has a passion for helping people heal and recover from past trauma and adversity so that they can release the burdens of their past, overcome emotional blocks, and develop tools and strategies to help them realize their potential and achieve personal goals. Dr. Lake adopts a mind-body approach to healing. She strives to help people create enduring change that manifests itself in the form of greater clarity, self-compassion, an increased sense of possibility, greater connectedness to others and self, an ability to be present in the here and now, and a heightened sense of self-efficacy in their lives. Dr. Lake, owner of Lake Professional Psychology Corporation, provides services to the general public as well as police officers and veterans to help them heal from exposure to trauma and the darker side of human tendencies. She draws from over 20 years of experience working with survivors of sexual abuse, accident victims, psychiatric clients, and those suffering from low self-esteem, grief, anxiety, or depression. As well as work in private practice, Dr. Lake hosts a podcast, The Dr. Lake Show. The focus of this show is to provide a platform to dialogue with experts and to provide insights about mental health, building resilience, healing from the past, and realizing personal dreams. Meet Dr. Lake at thedrlakeshow.ca. Here's the interview with Dr. Paola Lake. Hey, 
in your own words, who is Dr. Paola Lake? Uh, Dr. Paola Lake is a, a, a psychologist. Um, I consider myself to be much more than that because my practice is driven by my own personal values and my sense of purpose. And I really try to live my life um, in accordance to everything that I that I share with the people that I work with. And um, I like to think that I'm, I'm, I work towards balance and being inclusive. And so, yeah, that's... The question that comes to me from what you just said is that sense of purpose... How did you find that? Well, I found that from uh, a young age. I was exposed to uh, psychology at a young age. Um, I, I witnessed my mother during the period of the Enlightenment when people were engaging in group work and uh, they were a little bit different in their style at the time. And psychology was still on the it was still relevant, not as relevant, I think, as today. Uh, but I was fascinated by the changes that I experienced personally and the changes that I saw other people go through. And it felt very um, meaningful for me to do this kind of work. A comment you made just now about when I asked who you are was balance. What is your idea of balance, Paola? Is that a destination, a place we get to be in, or this ongoing journey to um, understand what brings us back to balance and doing the work to do that? I, I, I do not see it as a destination. I see balance. You know, the, the metaphor that I, I, I use is being not quite a, a pendulum or that we, we, we go off-center. I, I actually think going off-center is a very natural process, and part of life is redirecting ourselves back to center, and, and that's why being aware and self-aware is very important uh, because I do believe it's an easy, easy thing to drift, and I guess I consider them going off-detours where we lose our center. And so I don't see it as something we we reach as a final destination. I see it as something that we consciously need to be aware and mindful of so that we can redirect ourselves back on that path. You mentioned self-awareness. Is that a practice? Uh, uh, I think it's, it's both a practice. It's something that we can cultivate. Some people, fortunately, have had the blessing of family that helped cultivate self-awareness. Um, I know Gottman is a, a researcher and also a clinician, but who's published a book. It's called Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child, which I think personally we should all uh, make that effort to learn what it means to be self-aware. I think sometimes we think we're self-aware. It doesn't mean we are. So I do think self-awareness is uh, a practice that we need to First, understand what it actually means to be self-aware. And secondly, um, to do reflective, have reflective moments in which we uh, take time to examine ourselves, what, what, is, what is affecting us, how it's affecting us, and, and, and how 
we are interacting with the world. And if in that awareness, we are able to change without that awareness, we tend to repeat similar patterns. Yeah, when it comes to self-awareness, let's see if I can describe the way I see it. From my experience, it has been interesting to notice the things, the feelings and the emotions in the moment, Mm -hmm. and sometimes not being able to do anything about it. Just let them be, not creating resistance to what's already present. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that's helpful when it comes to self-awareness. Is that okay to let it be, even if it is something that's not pleasant to show up? Um. 100%. That is a big practice of what I do in my clinical work is um, being able to to be present and befriend the parts of ourselves that we try to avoid or that we consider and have a negative reaction to um, and to try and understand what role that part is playing. Um, In the practice I do, we often talk about exiles and because we do exile part of feelings we don't like or don't want to deal with. And it really is transformative when we can actually sit with these parts and and understand them, embrace them, befriend them. And shifts happen as a consequence of doing that Mm, rather than just pushing some part of us away. Another open question I have for you is about love. What is your understanding of love? What is love to you? Uh, That's that's a good question because I do think we have different types of love. And, you know, I don't know that there's one unitary love and they can be experienced differently for different people. And we have different meanings of what it means to be loved and love one another. Um, but ultimately, it, an enduring love for me is um, to embrace to that person as they are and to, um, to have a connection, to um, share love. I don't know that love is just uh, a noun. I see love as a verb but in the sense that we... We show love and we love is, a, is an act. There's action in the sharing of love. And, and I think there's a lot that go that's attached to love in, because we're, we're human. That's a human need. We, need. we need touch. We need companionship. I see those as foundational needs that humans have in order to be well. And I think that's really probably one of the more important things if, you consider how many issues arise out of people seeking love. <laughs> yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love the way you say that among the description, within the description of love, you say embracing the other person as he or she is. So that really resonates true. And at the same time, I wonder what is the balance between embracing, accepting ourselves even and others exactly as we are and they are, and at the same time, creating enough space for change or some sort of inspiration. So how do we balance this desire for acceptance and for change? Well, that, that is a really good question because it's at the foundation of, of seeking in any kind of love relationship that we might have is, is the struggle that most people encounter is that they may love somebody, but there might be uh, a certain behavior 
that may not be healthy. And so I don't know that love in the feeling sense is always sufficient to define a healthy relationship. I I think we can love someone that it may not be a healthy relationship. And those are difficult points that people will uh, get to in their lives when they have to decide whether that person uh, that you love or object of affection may actually be um, not the healthiest. For me, one of the qualities that makes a difference is an openness in both parties or, or the parties involved to be willing to reflect, to communicate needs and to uh, be open to change. And I think that's the beauty of a healthy relationship is there's, there's space for mutual growth. So within the context of acceptance, um, but healthy is very important for me is that because we can be also very attached and accepting a very unhealthy situations that might actually hurt us. And um, so I do think that is important. To me, it sounds, I mean, crucial to be open. Absolutely. Not just yeah. in relationships, but to ourselves in life. Absolutely. Which kind of makes sense. We have to be open to ourselves first in the sense of getting to know ourselves in order to be open to others and, mm-hmm. and accept them. So it mm-hmm. starts here always. It's a message that keeps coming back to me. As it's very much true that I need to work on myself in order to make anything else better. Yes. A question that comes to mind when it comes to relationships, this is the topic today. So just going back to that is the foundation for a healthy partnership in life. Mm-hmm. So a question that comes to mind is the recognition of a healthy person. How do we learn to recognize when we are healthy mentally, emotionally? And mm-hmm. how do we learn to do that when it comes to partners or people that we are looking to be with? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think that the the concept of us being healthy and, and understanding what that means, that could be a very long show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah decades. Uh, you know, I, I think, yeah. you know, so many people find each other in love when they're not even 100% healthy. I think what is nice is knowing that we can be in relationship and share our vulnerabilities without having them exploited or, or mistreated. And, and so I don't know that there is ever a level of perfection we can reach on that. However, what I do think is essential is, um, you know, understanding what a healthy relationship looks like. Um, I don't think people really understand that. I think as a society, we've still been working on understanding that. Uh, I one of the models I work with is Gottman. Um, he actually has a website, Gottman.com. He's done longitudinal research over 20 years of research with uh, couples of all um, shapes and sizes and um, has come to understand masters, the masters of relationships and how they relate in their relationship over time. Uh, relative to the disasters in relationship. So I I think sometimes part of getting um, 
healthy is just getting a sense what that even means to be healthy. Uh, Developing self-worth for me is at the foundation of being able to choose a a, a proper relationship. Um, I probably went all over the place on that, but yeah. (laughs) What are some of the um, practices that can get us to not just to understand intellectually what self-valuing and self-worth is, but to get us to embody what that is. What comes to mind, Paola? When I work with people, uh, the process of uh, cultivating self-valuing can depend on what their starting point was. And there are some that have had childhood trauma and the self-valuing issue is 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 a struggle for them. To, it takes them more time because it's such a, they've developed some really core beliefs about themselves that, that need um, that extra attention to shift. So self-valuing for me isn't uh, always something we get in an instant. It's a process that we work towards and it, but it is essential. Um, it means Uh, feeling worthy of being treated well. It means uh, feeling uh, worthy of treating yourself well. Um, It means um, uh, having that making it okay to uh, have a certain need met to be, we cannot be assertive and express our needs without a foundation of self-valuing that really gets impaired. It So self-valuing allows us to set boundaries, to ask for what we need, to make ourselves vulnerable without feeling um, deserving of mistreatment. I think there's a lot of different elements that go into self-valuing. It really sounds like it. So it's not as simple as we want it to be, right? Um, not at all. And where, where people I found that their self-valuing is, um, diminished, it, it plays out in the relationships that they're with because they are more inclined to, um, allow things that are perhaps not healthy for them. And they will, um, without that self-valuing, it changes what we accept it changes what we allow into our lives. Mm, so true. What comes to mind for me is I have heard about a personality type that's called, I think it's called highly sensitive people, mm-hmm. where um, even if somebody talks to them, I mean, tells them the truth, whatever needs to be said in a way that they don't perceive as being kind then they will not feel good about the situation or the person. But that has to do with their own sensitivities and how they perceive reality in themselves. For some time, I thought I was that kind of person. Mm -hmm. So is that something that's real, Paola, from your perspective as a psychologist? Uh, I, I most definitely know that people have varying levels of sensitivity. And, and you know, here's a way that I think of sensitivity. It's and when I break down the word, it's it's sensing and 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 picking up on things that perhaps a less sensitive person may may neglect to notice. 
So as a sensitive person, I think it can be both a gift and a beautiful gift. And I think it can also be a challenge because if you're sensitive, but you're lacking self-worth, then what you pick up on from others, you are likely to interpret in such a way that mirrors your own self-worth. If you are sensitive and you have self-worth, then you will be able less likely to take other people's behavior personally. It's easier to resist that when it's combined with (laughs) self-worth. What about boundaries? That has been also a challenge for me. How do we learn to say no and, and really not feel bad about it or guilt about it? Um, I, I actually think that a lot of um, the foundation of how we, what we think about boundaries and how it is drawn from our childhood experiences, like, you know, at the, at, at a very primary level, I mean, I come from an Italian culture and, and, you know, guilt is big in Italian culture. I know it's big in perhaps in other cultures. So I'm very aware that um, boundaries are influenced by our childhood. Um, and we, we, we may develop certain fears around boundaries. And I think they need to be explored, whatever the fears we have. Uh, whether we fear losing relationships, whether we fear rejection or judgment, at the foundation of the challenges of setting boundaries, there are a lot of fears tied to it. And um, I think it's important to spend time to evaluate where do these fears come from and do some healing around them. Because if we can heal the fears, um, it, it can assist us in the fear won't be running us in in the decisions to set those boundaries. I heard recently somebody that I interviewed, she said, the goal of healing is to release all fears. Mm -hmm. That really resonated through when she said that. I mean, I have heard from everybody. You said that in so many people that I Mm -hmm. talked to. But the way she phrased was just, I mean, it would just went straight to the like, core in the sense of truth. Like, wow, that feels right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the goal of healing is to release all fears. And I wonder if that is um, really possible when it comes to the body. Because in my case, I have had traumas as a child and, and mm-hmm. then throughout life until the age, I think, of 37, and I'm 45 mm-hmm. now. And I still feel in the body that the body reacts, responds to certain people, situations. Does it ever go away, Paola, those responses, physical responses? I think I think they can. I do think when we've had childhood trauma, I, I do think there's, uh, there's the fears that those really um, physical responses that are beyond the conscious level that tend to take hold. I work with RCMP officers and um, a lot of trauma um, and very much lived in the body. I, I think it can be more challenging to dissolve a fear in the body, but I do know that right now there has been a lot more advancement in working with trauma where we do work with mind-body And if it doesn't include body work, it is much more difficult to release 
it from that body level. And uh, so I, I think the kind of um, uh, how we orient our healing needs to go beyond just intellectual because uh, having a de- an under intellectual understanding of, of something is not sufficient to release that fear from the body. I, I believe it needs to happen at a, a much more somatic level, a somatic intervention. Yes, a trillion times to that from my own experience. Mm-hmm. The mind is very clear and the thoughts and the feelings, mm-hmm. but then the body, it's still holding on to something. has a mind of its own. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that amazing? It's almost it like is. everything is connected. I know that, but it feels like there's a disconnection when it comes mm-hmm. to, I understand certain things. The mind is so beautifully clear about so many things, but then the body still reacts and responds, as you said, it's almost having a mind of its own. Absolutely. So that means I need some work, <laughs> body work. It's, yeah, I think many of us do. It's, um, you know, the journey, it's hard to go through life without trauma. I just think, I think the childhood experiences the challenge of, of those is that it um, those are the primary years where we um, are programming, where we actually between two to twelve we uh, ingest the learn the most that we will in our lifetime, and those experiences just get embedded in us uh, much more profoundly than if you didn't have that foundation. If you had a, a healthy foundation and then you are exposed to trauma later on, uh, you can draw from that foundation for healing. When you haven't had that, um, you, you're missing that foundation to draw from. Going back to relationships, I can relate to that as well. So when the body has been traumatized and is still holding on to traumas, which is my case still, and I, I've, I've worked with some a number of individuals who have uh, the complex trauma. And, um, uh, you know, I'm just grateful that now there's more hope than ever there. If there's ever been a time where there's um, hope for that, I, I do feel now is is much greater than it's been from in from past, the past. And our understanding of it is greater now. Yeah. So going back, perhaps we can do a recap on the qualities that are important to choose a partner that will be more compatible and life-enhancing for us, as you put. So if you could give us um, a summary of that, it would be helpful mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I think the very first thing that I, I think is really important is that we launch into relationships from a place of self-worth. I'll say that again. We launch into a relationship from a place of self-worth um, because if that is lacking, if there's any part of us that feels unworthy, it will absolutely influence the choices of the people we take into our lives, we allow into our lives, and it will also influence what we accept in our lives. So I think that's a very, very important um, aspect of, of drawing into our lives someone that is healthy. It's, it's not uncommon for us to draw into our lives people with whom we have a familiarity of feelings is not always necessarily the healthiest. So I think that would be my very first point is to take time to do that 
work on yourself um, to build your sense of worth. You're more likely to draw a healthy person into your life. The second piece that I think is important, um, I have a colleague who uh, has said often, uh, we take more time knowing what kind of car we want than Mm -hmm. considering what kind of relationship we want. Um, And I liken it to actually, I use a metaphor of, of looking for a car when you're, we know when we're looking for a car that um, I might be looking for my Honda uh, SI, which I like, and and I notice Honda SIs all the time because I've primed my brain to see what I'm looking for. And when we can do that, when we know clearly what we are wanting in our lives, what our needs are, what kind of person we have, um, it allows us to be better able to recognize that person when we have taken that time. Um, So often one of the things I will do is have people write a list of what are the qualities and not superficial ones. I I mean, uh, what are the deal breakers for you? Um, Good communication, the ability to deal with conflict, um, you know, um, those kinds of things that we tend to neglect beyond just attraction, beyond just um, looks, something uh, more essential to our needs as in a relational sense. Um, the third part that I think is important is uh, giving a relationship in the dating world to be able to give it enough time slowly to experience the seasons with somebody prior to jumping into a relationship. Uh, Bruce Lipton wrote a book that I really liked, and it was called um, The The Honeymoon Effect. And it was really about what happens to us physiologically when we fall in love. Uh, we're, We're inundated with hormonal changes. It actually draws out our best self. We become... We become our best self when we are uh, captivated by these hormones and feelings in our bodies, and it it will influence how we are in those initial stages, which is why people, when they're in love, um, they can have a tremendous amount of wonderful feelings, but after a period of time, the real relationship, once those feelings um start to come, that's when we start to see what the real relationship looks like. And very often people commit before they've allowed that amount of time um, to, to really explore and see what the true relationship will look like. So that's... I wonder, I have heard about before, about hormones, especially oxytocin, being part of this love (laughs) connection, so it connects us. But that's for survival purposes, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, right now we know for a fact of, you know, when we've had orphans that were not touched in in their infancy, that they died. And so it is a human need, a love connection. It does not always have to start with romantic. We we need it from all sources. Um, uh, I think if we can, I, loneliness is at the forefront of 
um, uh, so I think a, a problem in our society today. Um, and I do think sometimes we make choices for partners coming from a place of need and survival, and it can influence who we choose. You talked about relationship. Yeah, that kind of brought me to the work of Dr. Garbor Mate, I think his Garbor name is. Mate. Right. Yeah. So he talks about connection, that's being the basic needs, and then authenticity being the second one. So that's um, another form of balance, isn't it, Paola? Balancing the oh, need for connection and then to be authentic. It's, um, I think the true, when we truly feel loved is when we know that we can be our authentic selves and, 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 and be embraced for that. Mm, so it's, it's not a balance. It's very hard to be loved. It's, yeah, it's very hard to feel loved if, if we cannot be authentic. It's, I don't know that it's even possible. So it's not really the balance of connection, authenticity, but being authentic because we are loved. Absolutely. Ah, I love that. <laughs> I just, Absolutely. you also have a podcast. It's titled the Dr. Lake Show podcast. Talk yes. to me for a moment yes. about that, Paola. Well, I mean, right now it's, it's, it's my leisure. It's my, it's my contribution. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's big driving force for me is it comes down to authenticity and being able to talk about things and the importance of destigmatizing and, and, um, and having spaces for authentic conversations, uh, so the public can, um, can be no, things can be normalized and they have a resource to get empowered in life. So that that's been I've always done some kind of contribution. I know I I did a show locally, a uh, radio show in um, for about ten years. I was part of a show. Uh, so that's always been a driving force for me. Has been um, wanting to share it with with share information that I think is valuable to larger groups. And have have it become. Let's change our cultural norm and and allow these conversations to um, uh, to be out there for the public. And I, I see so much more of that out right now, including your show, which is just wonderful. I love the, what you just said about these topics becoming more natural. So it's not something that it's clinical, only doctors talk about, but we can all oh. kind of join that, that dance Absolutely. of it's wisdom. One of the more amazing things that technology is allowing right now, and I think that, you know, that's definitely a blessing. Are you still open to new clients and do you meet them online, in person, also groups? I well, I am. I, I, I don't do groups. I, I have done groups in the past uh, right now because I've been in practice and I'm, I've changed my format of practice. Um, I'm no longer doing that. Um, I, I'm, I'm very busy. And, uh, you know, I wish there were more resources right now out there. I think what I do see is a lot of people, um, you know, struggling and trying to find the help that they need. So I am one human being and I'm very, very busy. I've honestly had waitlist for years. I got to a point where I had to reduce my waitlist uh, and actually get rid of the waitlist. So I'm just, because it felt like a lot of pressure to see a lot of people, but um, it's a, it's, it's a great practice. I, I love, I love the work. Um, 
and self-care is so important mm-hmm. doing this work as well. Right? It goes back to those values and um, self-worth in a sense mm-hmm. of self-love and those practices of self-kindness. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to take too much for some reason. And, and I see that women do that more often than men do. And I'm not sure why exactly. I mean, I have some ideas. <laughs> yes, that would be another show. That's another. Con- yeah, I was about to say that. It's completely. Yeah. Well, yeah, another conversation. So we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending mm-hmm. questions. Before that, would you like to add anything else, Paola, that we left unsaid? Well, I, I just want to give the message there. I, I think there it, there's... For those that are feeling alone and lonely, I mean, it's important for me that I'd like them to know that they are, no pun intended, but not really alone in that. It's there are um, there's someone out there who's also looking for a relationship. I think it's important to find positive people to give you inspiration and can guide you to being open to a positive relationship. Um, it's too easy. It's easy to give up. Um, but I think it's so important to give relationship a chance. And if it hasn't worked out for you to date, um, maybe do some work on refining and figuring out how you can draw a healthy person into your life. It's never too late. I've seen people in their 60s. I have an aunt in her 70s who yeah. found somebody. Huh. And it's laughing every day. It's been years now. Um, So I really want people just to keep that uh, door open to know that it can happen at any time. At this time, what do you feel is the world's greatest need? Um, I I do believe um, people have lost trust. And I I think um, and connection with one another. I think it's a, a source of much of the conflict and that I see happening in the world. It's, it's, uh, so I do think people need to reconnect with all the qualities that existed because right now it feels like a very volatile time in society and, um, uh, lots of, um, dysregulation or underregulation and people, lots of anger. Um, so I think there needs to be more cultivation of, reconnecting, rebuilding trust, um, listening to one another. I think as a society, I think we have to reconnect to the things that have been, in my mind, working for a number of years. It's never been a perfect world, but I do think um, we can certainly find our way back to some of the things that existed. I, there was value for me in, in hope that we all had and and to reconnect with that as well. Thank you so much, Paola, for sharing your wisdom here again today for our meaningful and spiritual connection as I see it and for everything that you do, the way you do. I love how compassionate you are and kind. I really love that. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much for being here. Thank you so much, Valeria. Thank you. And before we say goodbye for today, where can we find more information about you, your work, services, and future projects? You can find me on the the Dr. Lake Show, which is uh, my podcast, thedrlakeshow.ca. You can also find me on uh, uh, drlake.ca, which is my uh, business website. 
um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Wonderful. <laughs> I'll have those links on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. Bye for Thank now. Thank you, Valeria. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Paola Lake and her work, please visit thedrlakeshow.ca. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.